Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. I first started running about 15 years ago as a way to quit smoking. Back then, my running clothes were very Rocky Balboa, so sweatpants, sweatshirt, Anyone who goes hiking or trail running knows that it's a lot easier and a lot more fun when you're wearing the right gear. Jonji makes performance apparel that'll take you farther on your runs and hikes. They have this merino wool hoodie that I wore on multiple trail runs this weekend. It's soft, it's warm, and most importantly, it does not get stinky when you get stinky. Another reason to love Jonji is that they donate 2% of all sales towards clean water projects, raising nearly $1 million so far. Head to johnji.com to find your new favorite trail wear, outdoors accessories, and essentials. And use the code OUTSIDE for 10% off at johnji.com. That's J-A-N-J-I.com with the code OUTSIDE for 10% off. When I was a little kid, my whole family, grandparents included, packed into a Dodge Caravan and went on a two-week road trip to Wyoming. We saw the rodeo in Cody, a grizzly bear in Yellowstone National Park, and an epic thunderstorm near Devil's Tower. On that trip, I fell in love with the West and the natural world. This might sound cheesy, but it kind of made me who I am today. Wyoming has it all. Breathtaking hikes, kid-friendly museums, two of the coolest national parks in the country. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Uh, hey guys. Hey. Hey. Hi, Sam. So I have kind of a basic question. Uh, do you eat fish, Jimmy? Well, I think, can, can we get into this? Should I just get into this? Should I give you something? Yeah. All right. I don't, I don't like eating a lot of fish because, or things from water or the sea, um, because I never got down with fishing. Just grossed me out putting a worm on a line and then picking up a fish from the water and, I don't and know. It's slimy. Slimy and gross and just not my thing. But like slaughterhouses don't bother you? Oh, I've been to slaughterhouses too. <laughs> yeah. Seen, seen. And it, they don't as much either for some reason. Logan, you're making faces. Well, I, I like certain fish and I feel like I'm supposed to eat fish. I feel there's a, an obligation to my health somehow that I'm supposed to eat fish, but I don't cook fish well, I don't think, as a general rule. I tend to overcook it. Cooking it at home is a little daunting for me. Molly, do you do fish? I love eating fish, but I do have a confession that the minute I find a bone, I am done. I am out. (laughs) (laughs) So that complicates it a little bit. Yeah. Huh. Because they have those. They do. They have, and they have (laughs) sneaky ones, too. And then all of a sudden it's in your throat. And then all of a sudden it's in your throat. Ah! So anyways, I, I mean, I just thought I'd bring it up because uh, we're proposing a solution to an invasive species problem here in which we're going to eat fish. Woo! Bon appetit. Uh, yeah. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I'll give it a, why not, you know? Let's, let's fix some stuff. No other species can defeat them. They're invasive. So why don't we just freaking eat them? Because we're hungry. Eat. 
Hey, folks, I'm Outside In host Sam Evans-Brown, and this is Eat the Invaders, our occasional segment where we take a bite out of invasive species populations. On the menu today, one of the scariest, most voracious, and intractable invasions out there, the lionfish. They're also called the zebrafish or the turkeyfish or the devilfish. It's like, it's like a fish wearing a costume if a fish could go to Mardi Gras. Um, they're just, they're beautiful. That's Rachel Bowman, who lives down in the Florida Keys. And I am a commercial spearer of lionfish. That must really kill at dinner parties when you introduce yourself <laughs> that way. <laughs> if you're trying to get a sense of what these things look like, picture a tropical fish crossed with a peacock, crossed with a zebra, crossed with a set of Scottish bagpipes. You should probably just Google this. They're from the Indo-Pacific region, which is sort of like west of Hawaii, but east of Madagascar and north of Australia. But now they are everywhere in the Caribbean. And increasingly, they're spreading up the east coast. And despite looking kind of impractical and non-functional, Lionfish are an ecological disaster. But luckily, they do have one weakness that we humans love to exploit. Oh, lionfish are delicious. So today, we are going to serve up a sizzling plate of broiled lionfish fillets. If you just add butter and white wine to things, they get tastier. How, how can you go wrong? Oh, maybe some salt. But before we butter them up, let's first address what makes lionfish so problematic. One factor? Their voracious appetites. They're not picky. They are not picky, man. They just, they eat anything, and they eat all of it, and then they come back for more. Lionfish feed on small reef fish that are a huge part of the ocean food chain. One study in the Bahamas found that in just two years after their arrival, there was a 65% decline in the quantity of local fish. Uh, They're a gape-limited predator, which means they can eat pretty much anything that can fit in its mouth. They have a method of feeding that's called suction feeding. So a lionfish, when it sees something that it wants to eat, its jaw actually protrudes out and away from its body. When it does that, it creates a suction of water into the mouth. So the lionfish basically turns into the Death Star, and it has this tractor beam. (laughs) That's how bad it is. The other big factor is that, like many invasives, lionfish are prolific breeders. One female can lay 30 million eggs in a single year. Put these two things together, voracious appetite and the ability to multiply exponentially, and you've got yourselves a spiny, bagpipey marine disaster. So how did lionfish wind up on our dinner plates? Well, producer Logan Shannon just ordered them from a distributor, Norman's Lionfish, and they shipped it right to NHPR's studio in Concord, New Hampshire. So there's about double this amount. Yes. Uh, And how much did it cost? $60. So this is $30 worth of fish. Yeah. That's, uh... The shipping was free. (laughs) (laughs) But how did the lionfish get from its native turf in the Indo-Pacific all the way to the Atlantic coast? That is a weirder story. 
somewhat mythical origin story is that the lionfish invasion began in 1992 when Hurricane Andrew rolled through Florida and smashed up an aquarium in Biscayne Bay. This story persists even though the fish was actually first seen off the coast of Miami years before, and the biologist who suggested that theory has since discounted it. It's much more likely that the lionfish invasion started in people's homes. Lionfish, when you see them in the pet store, look pretty behind the glass. But when you take them home and they eat all of the other fish in your aquarium... You get the idea. Probably this invasion got its start from many people releasing a fish or two here and a fish or two there for years. And not to moralize, but hey, Florida. This is a pretty similar story to how you got your problem with pythons, anacondas, tegu lizards, and monitor lizards. Maybe Florida keeping exotic pets just isn't for you. Anyway, just imagine if these people had made a couple of fish tacos instead of dumping their once and former pets into the Gulf of Mexico. Before we played up the lionfish, I want to admit up front that the most interesting part of eating lionfish is not the taste. I mean, I feel like I feel like this is like just about like every other white fish I've ever had. Yeah. You know, I'm not sophisticated enough with fish to me tell neither. it apart from right. yeah, anything else. So but it's, it's just really like, mild. I yeah. feel like it would I mean, I wish it were easier to catch it because why not take this thing over and just eat it all? Yeah. It's just that the most interesting part of the lionfish is probably the effort that it takes to catch it. And that's because to catch lionfish, people like Rachel Bowman can't use nets. Lionfish hang out near coral reefs, which nets have this unfortunate tendency to get tangled in. They're also really hard to hook on a line, and traps tend to catch lots of different fish species, not just lionfish. So to catch them, you have to dive deep underwater and spear them. One by one. So imagine a number two pencil that's really sharp with a rubber band on the end of it. And holding the rubber band, you slide your hand down the pencil until the rubber band is stretched out and you grip the pencil. And then all of a sudden, you let go of the pencil. So it just like shoots out of your hand. Exactly, yeah. That's how you, that's how you spear a lionfish. Oh, and did I mention that those bagpipey spines that cover the lionfish... Yeah, they're venomous. So what does that feel like when you get stung? Oh, man. Um, I don't have kids, but um, a friend of mine who has a son has told me that it's right up there with childbirth. They're just, there aren't words. The first thing you do is close your eyes, especially if you've been stung before, because you know what's coming. In a few minutes, this throbbing starts, and you feel your hand get warm, and... You can feel it moving from joint to joint to joint, from your knuckle to your wrist to your elbow to your shoulder. And it's just miserable. It feels like your bones are expanding from the inside out. Good Lord, that sounds awful. (laughs) How many times have you been stung like that, like a real sting? Um, a bad sting, I've probably had about 10 bad stings. Jeez. So, you know, 10 times you've gone through that just for uh, the love of going down there to, to spear these fish. Is it worth it? I go the next, the next day. <laughs> I mean, getting stung 
ends my diving for the day, but I'm back on the boat the next morning. Wow. Absolutely. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. A lot of invasive species aren't really palatable enough to make eating them a reasonable defense strategy. But stings or no stings, there's a growing market for speared lionfish. Whole Foods has begun to sell lionfish in its stores in Florida. And spearfishers can make around $6 a pound selling whole, ungutted fish to the supermarket. Speaking of ungutted, the lionfish was delivered to us whole, scales, fins, heads with creepy, unblinking eyeballs and all. Venomous tips were clipped off, for the record. Step one, lay the fish on its side and cut all the way down its back, just to one side of the top fin. I can't even read it. A little admission here, I'm not much of a fisherman, so we read about how to fillet and watched a video. <laughs> Did you get that bird out of your video, dude? All that before getting serious. This is like science class. So then the way you, so then I think you release the fillet from the back. Yeah, yeah. come down. And, well, but he, I think he you should pull the skin, skin off. off, yeah. yeah. Woo! A fillet. I've got to say, apart from the whole adventure of filleting a fish for the first time, this was a pretty conventional fish cooking experience. Take fish, add ingredients, cook. Logan Shannon, our master chef and producer, took the lead. I'm going to put some shallots in there because I already cut those up. I'm going to put some lemon zest, and I'm going to just do a little white wine. And then I'm going to make that, like, slurry of whatever. I'm going to put that and some lemon zest and some whole lemons on the fish, and then we're going to broil it. You had me at slurry. <laughs> Thank you, Miss. <laughs> <laughs> and just a short time later, the lionfish was ready. Are you ready to try it? Sure, yeah. All right. But, as I've already noted, the reviews were pretty anticlimactic. Yeah, it tastes like fish. Tastes like fish. Yeah. Not um, but like you, can taste a, you can taste the lemon. Yeah, you can taste it. Yeah, can you mostly it? tastes like fish with lemon on it. Okay, so we took a bunch of lionfish... We skinned them, we filleted them, we cooked them two pretty delicious ways. They're good. It's a good fish. They're good fish, Sam. So tasty. So tasty. But are we really capable of of putting a dent in their population? So Rachel says she can do on a good day 120 pounds in a day. There's like 120 fish. Okay. You know, you could imagine a world in which there are dramatically more spearfishers and these were being sold across all of the U.S. and they were actually making a dent. But what she said is that we'll see, you know, if you fish the same reef over and over for a little while, they'll get hard. It'll be harder to find them. 
and then you'll have bad weather for a couple weeks and you'll come back and it's like they've they're back again. It's like you did nothing. Yeah. That just feels I don't know. I mean I mean it's really hard. I like I'm the worst guy here. I like come in every day and we're having fun and we're cooking fish and then Sam starts talking and everyone's <laughs> unhappy that Sam's talking again. Yeah, yeah, you kind of missed the point of that this segment wasn't about, you know, we were just about this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> We can't save the world, Sam. No, no, whatever. We're just we're just eating the fish. Eating the fish. Spirinate them. It's a hell of a lot better than sitting on the couch saying you can't put a dent in that population. I'm doing something. I have lobster fishermen that set traps in the areas where I've been harvesting lionfish for the past four years, and those commercial fishermen have told me they see less lionfish in their traps in those areas. And those people that, you know, sit there and say, well, you're not going to be able to make a difference. No, no one has ever made a difference by sitting there and saying that, have they? And I think that's the point. I think it like, it, I think it does, it feels better than doing nothing. It feels better than just sitting there and panicking. Because now you can sit there and panic, Sam, with a very tasty fish. Outside In was produced this week by me, Sam Evans-Brown, and Logan Shannon, with help from Molly Donahue, Taylor Quimby, Maureen McMurray, and Jimmy Gutierrez. Special thanks this week to Reef Environmental Education Foundation for helping us to find Rachel and to Norman's lionfish for overnighting some freshly caught and conveniently despined lionfish to us. You can find our two lionfish recipes, as well as photos and a video of how we cooked it at outsideinradio.org. Also, big news, we're about to launch our second season of one-hour-long broadcast radio shows. These shows are made up of stories subscribers to the podcast will have already heard, so we won't be putting them onto your podcast feed. But if you'd like to hear us on the airwaves instead of just in your earbuds, consider asking your local public radio station to air the show. You can tell them that each hour is available for free 99. The music this week was by Blue Dot Sessions and David Seste. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Outside In is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio.